Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, yo, yo, what up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you're listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. Find us wherever you find your podcast. Wherever you listen to us now, keep going there. But also, you know, you can find us on Apple uh, Podcasts, Apple iTunes, whatever that is, Spotify, um, uh, wherever. Be- believe. Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. It's a podcast network full of sports stars and, and entertaining people. And we are there. That is our home base. My man Kevin Cleland is running the show, engineering, producing. It's been two weeks since he was on vacation, and now you're back. Kevin, how you doing? I am doing fantastic after a wonderful couple weeks in uh, Hawaii on the big island uh, in Kona. So it was an amazing adventure, and uh, every day was just magical, except the Sunday your 49ers put a thumping on my Rams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry we had to rain on your parade. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It and, is. Um, and I'm glad you had a vacation. I'm glad you're back. We missed you. I hope y'all didn't miss us too much, but we are back. And we are going to talk about those 49ers and those Rams and the midway point of the football season. We're going to get you some Reggie's picks. But first up. So, um... We got to talk about the big elephant in the room, the big story in the sports world that's going on as of this moment in, what is this, November 3rd, 2022? And of course, it's Kyrie Irving. (laughs) It's Kyrie Irving. And it has nothing to do with basketball. Kyrie Irving is at it again with the shenanigans. And I am one of the people who have tried. I I try a lot with anybody, Kevin. If it's Kyrie, I don't care if it's Kanye, the K's, the Kim K's, the any. I try not to give a damn about what these people are actually talking about. I only care about what they provide to me, right? What Kyrie provides to me is amazing basketball on the court that's all i care about kanye makes dope music and even doper slides if you've never worn kanye slides oh my god it's like walking on clouds i don't really care about kim k uh you know i don't don't really i've never even watched the show but what i'm what i'm saying is when it gets to becomes the entertainers i don't really care what they're talking about and i try to impress that upon other people that i know because they have no real power, right? It's not like Kyrie or Kanye has an army of a militia behind them that's going to go invade some country because they're talking out the side of their neck. None of that is going to happen. They're they're just people espousing their own ideas and usually not the smartest of people, so I don't take them serious, right? But sometimes they say things that you have to take serious because there are people out there who are just as unserious as them or just as nonsensical as they, uh, you know, seem to be, who will take these things to heart. And that's where the disconnect comes from me. And that's where I've got to be better at understanding, like, yo, no, we sometimes you got to stamp it out. Right. Because I can hear Kanye and I can hear Kyrie say all these things and just I can shut it out. But. I understand that not everybody's as smart as me. Not everybody's as intelligent as me. And so they're going to take what these people are saying as the law or as fact, right? And so we get with Kyrie 
And he's been doing this for a while, right? He's turned into this guy who thinks that he's smarter than everybody in the world. And the the breaking the first sign of this think I'm smarter than everybody in the world was Kyrie coming out and saying the earth was flat. I don't know if you remember that, Kevin. He was out there actually putting those words out into the universe, saying the world is flat. I mean, has anybody actually ever really seen it? And whenever you get the flat earthers, you automatically know what's coming next. And of course, what happened next? The pandemic came. And what did Kyrie do? He went from flat earther to anti-vaxxer. It is, it, it's where you go. It's just where you go. Flat earther to anti-vaxxer. And now, and then, hell, I don't know if you saw this, Kevin. Kyrie was with the Nets, and he's the one now who, before the games, is walking around with the sage. And he's saging the the stadiums and the arenas and everything before he plays. And he's out here talking this, man, and it's just, it's so crazy. You have to know, you have to know some black people like this to know what the hell Kyrie is doing. And if you don't, I mean, Kevin, I don't know if you, if you, if you hang out with, with every type of black person from every walk of life, because there ain't no just one black person. There ain't no one white person. There ain't no one, any race of people. There's all kinds of people in that race from every walk of life. They're all different. And Kyrie happens to be the black dude who walks around with sage and talks about the motherland and about black empowerment to the tilt over and over. He, he has become that guy. And usually that guy becomes that guy after he's watched some kind of movie or been radicalized by some group of people, right? If you ever seen the movie, um, man, Higher Learning, right? Ice Cube's character is that dude. Ice Cube's character in Higher Learning is the dude who turned Kyrie. Hell, Omar Epps plays an athlete who starts to start thinking like Ice Cube because Ice Cube is up in his ear all the damn time, right? Kyrie is the dude who got a little radicalized and heard some things and now is going all the way with it. And now you can't tell this dude nothing. So it went from <laughs> it, it went from flat earth to anti-vax to now the dude is calling himself a free thinker right and the free think thing is always it free thinking dudes are always the dudes who got every conspiracy theory in the book and they just run wild with him it's i'm a free thinker but what what are you free you're thinking free about what what you didn't come up with these ideas these are ideas somebody else already had and now you peddling these damn things and I'm all for people doing what they would like to do as long as it doesn't harm other people. And so if Kyrie wants to sage a building, I could give a damn, right? Sage the damn building. If Kyrie wants to call the media peons or call other reporters peons because sometimes they act like idiots, fine. That's all good, whatever. If Kyrie doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to get a vaccine, okay, don't play, lose some of your money, do what you want to do. You're not hurting anybody else, right? You're just hurting yourself in your pockets and you're deciding you're not going to get this vaccine. But when you start sharing messages, right? When, when, you, when you start sharing the messages of a film, right? And so what he did was he retweet, he tweeted like a picture, uh, he tweeted a link to a movie of a documentary about a book called Hebrews to Negroes, right? And it was reviewed by, it's one of the movies that's been reviewed by Rolling Stones and it's been called, you know, vilely anti-Semitic. 
Uh, there's stuff in there that talks about Jews being devils, Jews, you know, um, you know, Jews being the head of the slave trade from back in the day, uh, Jews worshiping devil, Satan and the devil admitting to it and yada, 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 and things like this. And, and just a bunch of stuff that would be in a movie like this. Ty Kyrie decided to share that link on his social media. And then when he's questioned about it, said that, uh, you know, he didn't really even know what it was. He just searched up Yahweh. And the first thing he saw was this. And so he put it out there. Right. And when he got called for it, people are starting to say, yo, what are you doing sharing this anti-Semitic? Uh, I think his name is uh, Nick Friedle was questioning him after a Nets game. He's a reporter for the Nets and questioning him like, what are you doing promoting this? And then Kyrie started having this big back and forth about, well, I wasn't promoting anything. I mean, I put it on my page. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm promoting it. I'm promoting it. So then it went from talking about the anti-Semitism thing to I'm not promoting anything. Like I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just sharing something and, you know, don't dehumanize me. I, I can do what I want to do. No, you can't. Yeah, what, 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 what you can, but then you have to have consequences for it. You're not going to get to put out some, and, and listen to me, this movie is a three hour long movie documentary that costs $12 on Amazon to watch, right? Why is it on Amazon? That's another question for Jeff Bezos and them, right? Why is Amazon putting out these movies that are anti-Semitic and letting it be up on the damn uh, platform, right? There's another thing to ask. But the, the but what you have to stay with Kyrie because, yo, why are you sharing this? Did you actually watch it? So then the question becomes, did you actually watch these three hours of this film in a three-hour documentary about Hebrews to Negroes? Like, come on, dog, when do you got time to do that? When does Kyrie actually have time to do that? So I don't even think he watched this damn movie. I know I ain't watching the damn movie, but I know Kyrie ain't watching this movie and it costs $12. Come on, man. So then he said, that, yeah, he just searched something up and put it up there. And no, he did not watch this movie because if he actually watched the movie, he would have thought better than to share this link where they're saying these kind of things about Jewish people. But the biggest problem is when he got called on it, Kyrie would not back down. He wouldn't say he was sorry. He wouldn't go back and say, yo, you know, I, he, he went to the tilt with this reporter saying, don't dehumanize me. You know, I learned the wrong history when I was coming up. And yeah, dog, just be wrong. Just be wrong, apologize, and move on. But Kyrie can't be wrong because Kyrie thinks he's smarter than everybody. And take it from me, I'm a dude who thinks I'm smarter than most people and I'm a know-it-all, but I am more than willing to be wrong. I, I hope to be wrong so I can learn something. And then the next time I talk to somebody about this thing, I can be right about it and look right. I love being wrong. But you get some of these dudes who have no sense about them that they can ever, ever, ever be wrong. They just can't be wrong. They can't back down. And when they find out they're wrong, they just pivot to something else. They do the whatabouts. What about this? Or what about that? No, just stay right here. You're wrong right here. Can we talk about this thing? Yeah, but, but if, what about this? Well, how come we don't talk about that? Because we ain't talking about that. We're talking about you and sharing this anti-Semitic film. And so today he comes out 
uh, yesterday, yesterday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, they come back on Wednesday. He gives a $500,000 donation to the Jewish Anti-Defamation League and then puts out a statement basically not apologizing, just saying, you know, I take responsibility for sharing the tweet and yada, yada, and then says, and then pivots to how come nobody's talking about, you know, the suffering my people went through and the things I had to learn about as a kid about my people and the pain that my people went through. Dog, just say you're sorry. It's just say you're sorry. And, and it's crazy that there's people who identify with this. I got people I've been in group chats with and they're like, man, it sucks that Kyrie had to apologize. Why? Everybody has to apologize for something. I mean, we're not always perfect. We're not perfect. There is nobody who goes through this life never getting anything wrong. Be wrong, apologize, move on. But Kyrie can't do that. He has to be the smartest person in the room. He has to have no back down in him, right? Because then if you back down, then he, I, I, I know these people. Kyrie feels like if he backs down, then he's a punk. And if he's a punk, then can't nobody take him serious, right? Can't nobody, but nobody takes him serious anyways. So why not just be empathetic? It's just the craziest thing. And, and, and he, you know, the Anti-Defamation League said that he was supposed to meet with them, never showed up. He sent one of his representatives. So then people are asking like, yo, okay, you gave this $500,000 and you gave this roundabout whack apology. Do you really mean it? Is it authentic? And I hate when we do that, like, oh, well, did he really mean the apology? Because, yo, who cares if they, if they meant the apology? If they said it, they said it. Leave it at what it is. But he couldn't even say it. Couldn't even say it and couldn't show up. So now we're talking about nothing but outside of basketball with a dude who is famous for playing basketball. How? Why are we here? And then the question comes, like, what do you do with this dude? He's on a one-year contract with the Nets. He's, he's got one year because they would not give him an extension. Why? Because he does stuff like this. They could not extend this dude. He's not going to get the money from the Nets, right? They're on a one-year deal with this dude. And they got Kevin Duranter, who already tried to leave this summer, tried to get the coach fired and the GM fired. They took about six games, and then they fired the coach anyway. This is just dysfunctional, and it all stems from them bringing Kevin, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to this organization. It's just a dumpster fire. Like, it's it's the most exciting, non-entertaining. They're, they're entertaining, and they're not even good. They're not even winning. And the craziest thing is they, they've got the talent to be a dope team. But they've got an island of misfit toys all in Brooklyn. They've got Kyrie. They've got KD. They've got Ben Simmons, who mind isn't right and is coming off a of surgery. And this dude is contributing almost nothing and is a talk every day until Kyrie. He was the talk of, oh, my God, Ben Simmons is trash. And then Kyrie went and did this. And now everybody's talking about Kyrie while Ben Simmons is sitting uh, on the sideline. He's hurt right now, too. And nobody's even paying attention to him because all they're worried about is Kyrie. And what do you do? You can't trade him. I mean, you're not, who's, who's trading for Kyrie right now? Nobody's bringing this guy in here who won't back down, won't apologize, and you never know if he's going to show up and actually do the job he's getting paid to do. What happens when the next pandemic comes along or some something comes along and Kyrie doesn't want to go along with what needs to happen for him to be on the court? Now you're missing this dude. Nobody's paying this guy. He is on his way to being out of the NBA. It's crazy that a dude this talented could mess around and not be in the league at 31 years old. 31 years old. 
And the danger with him is that he's got such a platform of people who listen to him and follow him. You get these fringe people who will who will go along with Kyrie saying these dumb things or not apologize because all these people want to be like Kyrie. Everybody wishes that they could say whatever they want to say and never have to apologize for it. There's tons of people like that. There are tons of people like that who wish that they could do whatever the hell they wanted and never have repercussions. Just do it. This is how I feel. I feel this way. I, I, I'm free. I'm free. Dog, there's consequences for what we do, consequences for what we say. Just apologize and just move the hell on. But this is where we're at. 2022. Basketball is going on and we talking about non-basketball because this dude can't back down and thinks he's smarter than everybody in the world. Let's see how it plays out. I think they're going to end up suspending him. I think they're going to have to suspend him or have him sit away from the team because he just can't, you can't have that. You can't even put him up on the podium to talk because you know, he's going to say something that's going to trigger the media to ask questions. And then the nets are going to keep looking like a dumpster fire. He's got to, he, it's crazy. He's got to go. You, you can't let this dude play. He just can't be there because he's going to play and he's supposed to have media availability after the games. And, but you don't want him out there because He's going to set fire to the damn thing. This is wild. <laughs> wild. Uh, we'll see. Be back after the break. So we are at the halfway point of the NFL season. And I figured that we just come in here, Kevin, and take a look at what's going on around the league and how we feel about, you know, everything that's going down. Uh, I think we kind of were already here with predictions of what was going to be. Um, although I will say I did not know the Eagles were going to come out and be world beaters like this. And as we are speaking right now, Kevin, the Eagles are down seven to nothing to the Texans when they had a 14 point spread. It is early that Eagles haven't even had the ball yet, but good God. So I, I need to cover this, C cover the 14 points. Come on now. Um, but it's been a great halfway of the season, man. I mean, so let's let's say in the NFC, right? The NFC, you've got. I want to say in the NFC, there are three real teams in the NFC that people actually give a damn about, and and that that really look like they could be something. You've got the Eagles, who are seven and zero, and the Eagles for for all you can really say is this is what happens when one a quarterback grows in an off season, right? I saw Jalen Hurts last year, and I remember seeing him play against the Bucks, and I was like, this dude ain't it, but. You give him a real number one receiver in A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown is a real number one receiver. I was not sure of it when he was in Tennessee because who was throwing him the ball? Tannehill. So he looked good, but there was a cap on how good he could actually look. You get this dude now across across from Devontae Smith with uh, Jaquez Watkins, Miles Sanders back there running the ball, and Jalen Hurts slinging the ball all over the field and running the ball as well. Oh my God, he looks like a monster. This team is a monster. This team has no weaknesses. They're literally up. Their defense is amazing. And they just traded. <laughs> they just traded for a linebacker from the damn Bears, a pass rusher, or Robert Quinn. They got Robert Quinn from the Bears, a defensive end. They just added a pass rusher to this team that already has pass rushing and linebackers all over the damn place. And maybe the best defensive backfield. They're almost un beatable it's going to be interesting to see because in their division and the craziest thing is that the nfc east went from nfc least to possibly being 
the best division in, in football, right? I mean, they've got them and the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys, I feel, when Dak Prescott got hurt, I feel like this was maybe a blessing in disguise for that team. And I hate the Cowboys. I really do. But I'm just an honest, you know, viewer of football, and I can just talk about it analytically about what's going on. The problem with the Cowboys has always been, I was arguing with people last year, when they got to the first game of the season, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they lost to the Bucs, but Dak threw for over 400 yards, and you know he threw like 50-something times, but they still lost, and Cowboy fans are taking it as a moral victory. I'm like, that's probably the worst thing that could have happened to y'all, because now you're going to think that this is the recipe for Dak and you guys to win, and it was not. Dak throwing the ball all over the field was a recipe for disaster because yeah they paid him 75 million guaranteed or whatever right and so they started thinking we got to treat this guy like a dude who we paid 75 million dollars but no you treat that guy for what he is you had to pay the 75 because that's the going rate for a good quarterback in the league who was up for a new deal but that doesn't mean he has to go out there and throw the ball 40 times a game and that's what they were trying to do. So Dak getting hurt, they were forced to put in Cooper Rush, who has no business throwing the ball 30 times a game. And they saw what they were actually doing. They were running the ball, throwing when they had to, and relying on that defense that is out of this world. Okay, They've got the best defender in football in Micah Parsons, and they have one of the best cornerbacks in football on the back end. So everything averages out in the middle. They've got a dude who can put pressure on the quarterback at all times. So you have to commit two linemen to cover this guy because you give him one-on-one. He's beating that, right? So, And then you've got Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. So if you double Micah, which you have to, Demarcus Lawrence is getting one-on-ones, and he's going to beat that. They've got a pass rush. They've got defenders. They've got DBs. They've got a good running game. And then you bring Dak back in and you don't tell him, you don't ask him to throw 30 times a game. You have him throw in the 20s. You rush 30 times a game with uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, who looked amazing this past week against the Bears. And everybody wants to put, Tony Pollard should be starting over Zeke. No, Zeke is the bell cow. You run inside out. You start with the inside, get your position, dominate inside, and then you can start doing all the trinkets on the outside and breaking it out and breaking downfield and all that stuff. But I feel like the Cowboys and the Eagles are the cream of the crop in the NFC and and that they're in the same division. We're going to see them play again. I mean, the Cowboys, uh, the the Eagles beat the Cowboys, Cooper Rush's last game starting because, yeah, Cooper Rush, right? But if they have Dak, I think that's a different game. And that was in Philadelphia. The next one is going to be in Dallas when they play again. I can't wait for that game. I think that might be the best game on the NFL schedule the rest of the way. And in their division, you got the the New York Giants as well, right? Six and two. But that's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, you just saw Seattle beat them down with my boy Gino. Gino! I love all the Gino haters. Please, when you see me, smile. Because that's all I'm doing is smiling. Because Gino is showing y'all all all he needed was a chance. Gino was out there looking MVP-ish because somebody gave him a damn chance. But the New York Giants, smoke and mirrors. I mean, they were six and one this week. And they had won every game by one position. I think it was like less than a touchdown. That's not a good team. That's a team that's just getting lucky and having some breaks go their way. And they're playing a lot of bad teams. They're not that good. Daniel Jones is not that good. The running game is nice. The defense is okay. But at the end of the day, it comes down to Daniel Jones, and they have no receivers. They really have nobody to get the ball to out there. Um, and then the other team is, well, Minnesota. Minnesota's 6-1, and one, but 
Are they? Do we care? I mean, Green Bay looks like trash. Chicago is looking better. Detroit is trash. Minnesota still has Kirk Cousins, who can put up some numbers, but when the lights get bright, we know what happens. Can he make it happen this season? I don't think so. I still think the cream of the crop in the NFC is Philly and Dallas. And then my team, baby, 49ers. For all the trash I talked about, Jimmy G and everything, yo, Kyle Shanahan and and John Lynch went out and said, yo, we are going to leave the clip empty or we're going to leave the gun empty for the next coaching staff and GM, right? They went all in and said, fuck them picks and traded and got Christian McCaffrey, right? Second, third, fourth rounder and a fifth rounder next year, I believe, to get Christian McCaffrey this year. And we played against the Rams this week, and Kevin, I know you saw that, and they look they look amazing, man. Dominant. They look dominant. It's dominant. And yeah. they don't even and and that's without Debo Samuel, which was driving me crazy because I'm seeing them use Christian McCaffrey this way. And we've had Christian McCaffrey all year long. We just had him in a different color. It was Debo Samuel. But we weren't using him like we used Christian McCaffrey the this weekend. The fact that they used Christian McCaffrey to throw a touchdown, receive a touchdown, and rush a touchdown was super impressive. Insane, man. This dude is so dope. So when they get Debo back, now you've got so many things. What if you line them both up in the backfield? That's a nightmare. For you got one and you got and you motion one out to one side. You motion, and they, dude. They've got so much Brandon Ayuk, and then you got Kittle, and now, D, uh, dude, Jimmy Garoppolo, just don't mess it up. There is no excuse anymore. Our defense is dope. The only thing about our defense is we got Joey Bosa, who we, we can we can get to the rush, we can get to the pass or rush, we can get to the pass without blitzing. That's what makes our defense so good, and it helps us because our DBs aren't good. Right. So the problem with the Niners, who I think are up there with the Eagles and the Cowboys, but I really don't want to play either of those teams is because they've got quarterbacks who can move. And get away from that pass rush because we're only sending four. Right. They got guys who can move around and find holes in the zone and they've got great receivers. I mean, CeeDee Lamb every week is getting better as a receiver. The Eagles have three. The Cowboys have a good receiving core, not as good as the Eagles, but they got a quarterback who's smart and that defense. So I think the top three teams in the NFC are the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. And in in, in order, the Eagles, Cowboys, and the Niners. And I don't want the Niners to see either. If the Niners can avoid them, they get to the Super Bowl. But I'm calling it, man. I think if if the Cowboys stay healthy, I think they're a Super Bowl team. That defense is just in insane insane with Michael Parsons and if they just run the ball and throw when they have to they're a good team they're gonna they can make it dirty that defense will travel I'm scared of them and in the AFC you've only got two teams you know, you, you, you got three it's kind of like it's it's the it's kind of like the Cowboys and the and, and, the, and the, Cow, the Cowboys and the Eagles the Bills all the way it's the Bills and the Chiefs and then you got the Ravens just outside of that Right, and the Ravens and the Ravens are the scary team because they can run, but the Bills are ridiculous. Josh Allen, I'm I'm sorry I ever doubted you. I mean, but when but but in the first two years, you looked like somebody who needed to be doubted. But now that dude is amazing. But also say this, he's amazing because he's got so much around him. They have put so much around that guy. When he got Stephon Diggs, that took him to a whole nother level. 
Now they got the McKenzie dude. They got Davis. They got Knox. They got Singletary. They just went and got Naeem Hines. They've got a squad over there with a real good offensive line and a quarterback who is a damn Mack truck. Okay, you're not taking him down with no DB. He's barely getting taken down by linemen. The dude is ridiculous. He can run and he can throw. They've got everything. And their defense is amazing. Like, I mean, hell, okay, they lost Micah Hyde for the for the season. But next man up, they've got good DBs. And I'm thinking the only thing that's gonna stop them is if down the line they're back in defense. Their defense, their their DBs get injured or they lose another DB. That is going to equalize things for Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is just getting it done every week. I was there for the Niners and the Chiefs, and that game came down to they got Patrick Mahomes and we don't, and he whooped their ass. And they look like a damn dope team without even having an explosive receiver anywhere. But they just traded for Kadarius Toney, and we're going to find out. Is he a super bust, or did he just hate Daniel Jones and the New York Giants that much? We're going to find out. I'm excited to see this dude play with Patrick Mahomes because he could be the little gadget, sneaky, fast dude that they need to put them over the top. And then you get the Ravens. It's always about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson in this run game, right? What are they going to do with this run game and Lamar Jackson? Because that will travel in the playoffs. As long as you can run and control the clock and then play some defense, and they just traded for Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears. They got another sideline-to-sideline linebacker to help Oh, my God. Those are the three teams in the AFC who we're going to see what happens down the end. There's no I, – I don't care about anybody else in the AFC. Uh, Tennessee, 5-2, and two, don't even matter. I mean, they won a game last week with Malik Willis. I think he threw the ball 10 times, right? That's not going to last in the in – the, and Derrick Henry is a beast, but that's not going to last in the playoffs. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow doesn't have uh, Jamar Chase, and he looked like a quarterback who doesn't have a number one receiver and isn't – that I'm just gonna say this about Joe Burrow. They got so lucky last year. They shouldn't have even beaten the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. They got lucky. They beat the I think they beat the Raiders last year. Got lucky. They wouldn't have beat the Kansas City Chiefs if Patrick Mahomes didn't forget that he was Patrick Mahomes for half. Right? I mean, they they they've got they got so lucky and now they're coming out and playing and you're seeing them lose some games and everybody was picking them. Oh, they're gonna be the, the best team in uh the AFC North. No, they're not. Everything broke their way at the end of the season last year, and other teams were injured. Now we're seeing teams be here, get healthy, and be able to play mano a mano with them. And now with Jamar Chase being gone, Joe Burrow looks like an average quarterback. He just does. Jamar Chase makes so many things happen for that offense. He is a number one receiver, a true number one, a beast on that field. And when he's gone, it makes everybody else's level of play go down a bit too. And they already can't run the ball. So now you're one-dimensional. What the hell are you going to do? Nothing. One scary team, though, to me is Miami because – with Tua Tagovailoa, that team can throw the ball all over the place, and they got two dudes on the outside that you cannot account for. Nobody has enough DBs to cover those two dudes man up. And now they've got the running game with Monster, and they just traded for Jeff Wilson. The defense is going to look straight. They got Bradley Chubb. They traded to, they traded the second-round pick to Denver to get Bradley Chubb, so now they got a pass rush. The Dolphins are scary, man. So I'm going to amend that. I'm going to say Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, Miami. Those are my four in the AFC, and I'm sticking to that. But it's been a great football season. It's been it's been dope. Um, Zach Wilson is terrible. He's got awful. 
And and you heard it here first. If you remember, during the draft was coming around, I told everybody, that dude is going to be the bust. However, he has some company. Trevor Lawrence does not look good either. He's looking really bad. Mac Jones. I told everybody Mac Jones was going to look the best of these rookies in his rookie year because the dude was a fifth-year senior. I mean, hell, people, you, you go to a new school, the dude who's been in the class Five, who's taken the class five times, he should be better than you if you just showed up to this class. He should get higher test scores than you, right? But the second year is when we're going to see the difference, right? And you're going to see people catch up to Mac Jones because his ceiling is already on the ground. The dude was thrown in Alabama to number one draft picks. Anybody could do that if they got any kind of semblance of talent and an arm. Of course they're going to look great. But you're going to tell me this dude who couldn't beat out Jalen Hurts, couldn't beat out Tua Tungabailoa, is now going to come to the league and be better than them? Are you out of your mind? So, of course he got benched for, Bradley's, for Bailey Zappi. And, of course, they're already thinking about what they're going to do next. I thought it might be four years from now they'd be going to a new quarterback in New England. But, hell, they did it in two. So I guess I was wrong. It, it happened earlier than I thought. He's not the guy. Justin Fields is looking better every week, like I said he would. Trey Lance is on the shelf, but we're going to see. But I want my flowers. I want my flowers because I told everybody this is how it's going to go with these quarterbacks. I told everybody, and they wouldn't listen. But now y'all understand, and that's why the show is called I'm Probably Right because, damn it, I'm probably right. Back out of the break with Reggie's Picks. Hey, uh, 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 I love this music, man. This is my favorite. It just sounds so ominous, like something coming. You know what I'm saying? And what's coming is a whole lot of money for y'all. Because this is Reggie's Picks, baby. And this is where I tell you how to make your money in the NFL. I'm talking about I'm using the spread. I'll take the over-under. I, I, I do the money line. I do it all for you. So my man Kevin's going to tell us. He's going to pick three games for us. Because we ain't doing all the games no more because I just I, I mess around. This is too hard, right? If I can pick all the damn games, I'd be a millionaire up in Vegas. <laughs> I'll take three. I'll take three of them. So, Kevin, what three we got? All right, let's start off with Buffalo at the New York Jets. Divisional matchup. The, the interesting about this game is uh, Jets are getting 12 and a half, and it's at New York. Ooh, at 12 and a half. It's, it's getting 12 and a half at New York. Kevin, do you have the over-under on that? Well, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Jets are trash. They're winning these games on accident, and they've got a quarterback who is garbage, okay? I'm tell, I've told everybody that would listen, Zach Wilson got to the NFL literally off of YouTube highlights. Like, it's like he's like a basketball player, right? He had YouTube highlights because he was not great at BYU. He was losing games he shouldn't lose. But for some reason, they wanted to wish cast this dude up into the top of the draft to number two overall. They picked him, and he can't play. But they're winning in spite of him because their defense is dope. Robert Sala has that team out there dealing on defense. But the offense can't do nothing, right? They lost Brees Hall. They're running back. They've got Carter. They traded for somebody else who don't really don't really matter. It ain't going to make no difference. They got Nate Robinson, I think. Oh, it's Robinson, James Robinson from, uh, from the Jaguars. But the Buffalo Bills are going to pummel the Jets. I don't care if it was 12, it was 13. This is a good this is a good pick to take the 12 because it should be 14. I am taking the Buffalo Bills minus 12 and a half. They will cover. 
unless it's I mean hell if it's like pouring rain in New, in New, in New York this day and they got to be running all over the place it might be a different deal because the Buffalo Bills ain't a good running team but I'm taking the Buffalo Bills and I would take the under because they might not score against the Buffalo Bills the Jets might not score that's how bad Zach Wilson is okay real quick I found the over under the under is 46 points for the Jets and Bills take that right now they the the Jets are not going to score enough points to cover that 46 unless the Bills just go crazy on them and the Jets defense is really good take the Jets take the Buffalo Bills and the under book it all right I picked uh, the Chargers at Atlanta Atlanta surprisingly sitting atop uh, their division the Chargers need this win Chargers and the Falcons the Chargers are minus three point favorites over the Falcons in Atlanta which they're getting that because they've got Justin Herbert and the Atlanta Falcons don't. But the Falcons have been playing some kind of really good football, man. Like, they're running the ball. They're playing defense. They're finally getting Kyle Pitts into the game plan. I had him on fancy team all year long. He just started getting some damn touchdowns. Hooray for Kyle Pitts. I think I would take the Falcons. Yeah, man, I think I'm taking the Falcons here. I've watched the Chargers play these games, and their number one receivers are slower than cold syrup. Keenan Allen is not a speed burner. Mike Williams is a speed burner. And I think they're injured. And all he ends up doing is throwing the ball to Austin Eckler five, ten yards down the field. I think the Falcons actually get this game here. I'm going to take the Falcons plus three. I wouldn't touch the over-under, which is 49 and a half. Just take the Falcons in the plus three. I, 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 think, I think they can do that. Yeah, so, so I'm taking the Falcons plus three. Kevin, what we got next? Okay, last one uh, I picked for this week is uh, Minnesota at Washington Commanders. Washington's getting three and a half. I'm kind of surprised Minnesota is sitting atop of their division. Yeah, Minnesota is six and one, but again, it's a six and one where they ain't really done nothing, and everybody knows that Kirk Cousins could go Kirk Cousins at any time. And the Commanders, they got better when they got rid of Carson Wentz. That's a miracle, right? got rid of Carson Wentz and they bring back Taylor Heineke and for some reason they're playing better because Taylor Heineke is just a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is trash. He's done in the league. Don't have money by his team anymore. He just can't play. Taylor Heineke has these dudes looking like a team that can do something. However, I'm going to trust that the Vikings just have too much firepower. I know it's in Washington, but if I had to choose between the quarterbacks, I'm taking Kirk Cousins over Taylor Heineke and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook and the defense is good. There's no way I'm not taking the Minnesota Vikings minus three over the commanders. Take it, book it. I gave it to you. You got the Minnesota Vikings. I think you said it was minus three and a half now. I see it at minus three. If you get it at minus three, jump all over that. Um, And then we got the Buffalo Bills minus 12. I'm taking that. I'm taking the under at 46. And then the Falcons. I think I'm riding with the Falcons. I'm going to take the plus three. There it is. Reggie's picks. Make some money. Do it. And give me my 10%. Yo, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. You've been listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. Find us on the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V.com. And thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our sponsor, The Proper Cloth. That's propercloth.com. Great price. Have you looking nice. All customized suits, pants, jeans, jeans, Kevin, everything, shirts, Whole deal. Propercloth.com. Thank you so much, Kevin Cleveland, for producing and engineering the show. 
Thank y'all for listening. Tell a friend. We back next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.